listening to the Past the Forecast podcast from Wayne 15. Hey there, I'm Adam Salarzik. And I'm Joe Struess. And we are meteorologists at Wayne 15 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And this is another episode of the Past the Forecast podcast back here on another Wednesday. It's June. It's beautiful. It has been a glorious stretch of weather. A couple of days with rain. We'll talk about last Wednesday's storms here coming up and also the rain we saw Saturday. But overall, it's been gorgeous and we're continuing to see that stretch in through the end of this week and some rain chances maybe by Father's Day. Hey, that's all right, though. Summertime, it's time to get some of those kind of missing those afternoon thunderstorms. Even with all the sunshine we've had, it'd be nice to get some of those, you know, isolated summertime thunderstorms that kind of mix up the day a little bit. I've always been a fan. And you're also a fan of Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. And you have a routine. Correct. Your routine had a little bit of a hindrance today. All right, bear with me on this one. So (laughs) I like to be on time. And for me, being on time truthfully is trying to get here about 10 minutes before we do our morning meeting so I can get on my computer, unpack my bag if I had anything with me, and just kind of check email really quick. So today I left my apartment a few minutes later than I wanted to, but it wasn't bad. I pulled into the Dunkin' Donuts at 9.09. There's no one in the drive-thru. So this should be quick. Well, as I'm pulling in a car, I'll I'll leave the the model unspecified, pulls in front of me really, really slow in the parking lot to the point where I'm like, come on, pulls into the drive-thru, makes a little left, stops about 15 feet short of the ordering area. I get you're trying (laughs) to think about what you want, right? But for me, I'm sitting there going, (sighs) not what you need right now. I'm a little bit behind. I'm trying to get a coffee, whatever. So we pull up. Finally, he gets up to the the ordering thing. And in my head, I go, this guy wants a lot more than coffee. He doesn't just want a coffee. That's all I wanted. Large coffee, two cream. That's it. I said, I know it's coming because I'm running behind. I rolls down the window. I have his order that I memorized because, A, our windows were down and you're right behind him. Sometimes you can hear. B, he was shouting his order. C, the order was just never ending. So I pull in at 9.09. By 9.13, he's still ordering. And I'm going, oh, no. Because now they got to make all this food. So he had iced coffee four of their wraps that they have in the morning, a couple of the breakfast sandwiches, some donuts, a milkshake, a bottle of Coke. I'm like, this is, he must've been buying for work or something. Must've been buying for a lot of people. And I'm going, oh my goodness, I got to get to work. So I pull up and she goes, she had like this whole spiel about how this is free today or whatever. And I said, okay, I don't care. You know, what's your order? I said, large coffee, two creams. (laughs) <laughs> I got to go. So <laughs> I I pull up. It's like 9.14 now. And we sit there. There's a car in front of me with his massive order for his thousands of people. Finally, after like four more minutes, they go, sir, can you pull around? We'll bring it out to you. And I said, yes. 
pull up, here's your coffee, go. At least they were looking out for you. At least after 10 minutes, they were looking out for me. And you still made it to work on time. Still made it to work on time. No real complaints. But I just, the thing that I take away from this story is I knew it. The minute this car pulled in front of me and was just slowly creeping into the drive-thru, I said, oh, no. This is not going to end. Those who know what they want, pull up, order, and leave. I said, this is going to take this is going to take a while. So there I am just sitting there. Oh, he wants more. Oh, that. Oh, that. All right. So finally I got my coffee. I got to work on time. No real issue, but I don't know. That was just kind of the the entertainment of the morning, I guess. Yeah, and it, it wasn't it wasn't too warm this morning, so coffee was definitely a a good way to go. It was a little uh, low 60s. So it wasn't as cold as it was over the weekend, but I've never really understood people who are like, hey, it's 90 degrees, you can't have coffee. I don't I, drink coffee. Right. I usually go for a hot chocolate. And for me, if I have hot chocolate and it's 60 degrees outside, that's kind of pushing it. Uh, anything warmer than that, I don't. I had a previous summer job during my uh, college years where a lot of the work was in warehouse uh, kind of storage units, storage trailers up back, no AC, doing a lot of... Uh, stocking and stuff like that and it would get really hot and on the some, some of the hottest days we're talking 90s i still would walk in with a hot coffee and sometimes in the afternoon and people would go what are you doing i mean you're covered in sweat from work and you got a coffee i'm like i get through the shift you know and i'd have a cold water with it go back and forth but i i love coffee that's where i understand iced coffee has become popular yeah i'm not a fan i'm not a fan i've, I've tried it a few times but i don't know there you go. There's there's your boring story to start out. <laughs> there's Joe's Dunkin' Donuts experience. Let's jump into tracking the topics. Tracking the topics. So about a couple hours after we recorded last week's podcast, uh, the atmosphere opened up. Things escalated very quickly. We had some severe weather move through the area. As we previewed. That's right. Happy that forecast verified, but not happy that we saw some significant damage. Obviously, when you're forecasting severe weather and we get a couple of severe thunderstorm warnings, all right, we saw that there was a chance for it. That makes you feel good as a forecaster, but it changes on an instant when you hear there's damage, when you hear there's power outages, when trees are falling on cars and stuff like that. That's when it becomes tough. You had your face on the air showing the pictures. I was producing for them behind the scenes. You did what I thought was a great job trying to describe the damage but I'm sure walking away from that, you said, man, I had to keep my cool talking about that. But it's not easy to see these pictures. There were some pretty immaculate photos that you uh, you were producing for me and Chief Meteorologist Nicholas Ferrari as we were on the air and live streaming on Wayne.com uh, that whenever you would basically, we were communicating through text and messaging that you would be working on a graphic and you'd say it's ready to go, and we'd immediately pull it in, and we were seeing it for the first time as well. There were images of a, of a trampoline. There was several trees knocked down in certain areas. The one that was most telling to me and most powerful was uh, there were actually two. One was a massive tree that peeled up all of the ground. That came from Kyle Brown at IWX. Shout out, Kyle, my yes. man. And, go Cubs, go. Uh, go. Go Tigers. Um, but I, I can root for the Cubs. Uh, and then the other one was the, uh, the tree that fell on top of a car. Those two definitely hit me. For me, too, was the image out of Churubusco, the roof torn off of the barn there. 
that too. That, I that was about that one. That one really surprised me. I figured we'd get some, you know, some shingles, some roof shingles torn off, but I didn't think we'd see the, to the extent we saw that. Now I don't know anything about the structure. It could have been a weak structure to begin with, um, but to take away from this, we didn't have tornadoes at no, all. No, we didn't. We had no tornadoes, yet we still saw, in some instances, more extreme damage than maybe what a weak tornado would do in one spot. Widespread, long-duration, high wind event like that. Well, we saw winds that were the equivalent of weak tornadoes. We saw wind right. gusts getting up near 80 miles per hour. Straight-line winds, man, they're, they're, no, they're no joke. Yeah, they are. We, we were giving it the same urgency especially since it was a line of storms that had this potential as we went throughout the evening or the mid-afternoon, actually, hours at that point just before the evening because most of the stuff was out of here by about 6 o'clock. We were seeing clearer conditions and even saw some sunshine in spots during the rest of the evening. But those storms, as they rolled through, were very, very powerful. Not much in terms of hail, maybe some small hail, but we saw a lot of wind damage reports with that line, and it, it... it kind of split the city of Fort Wayne. We saw northwestern Allen County get hit and up near Columbia City, uh, which is in Whitley County. And then New Haven got hit, which is on the eastern side of Allen County, just outside of downtown Fort Wayne. So it, it, it we saw some damage here in Fort Wayne, but it wasn't as much of a direct hit as the other places around the area. Yeah, Southern Allen County kind of missed out. Wayne Dale and South. Um, brings up an interesting point that I've been kind of pondering. This was a widespread severe weather event. We had warnings from the Indiana-Michigan border all the way down to portions of Grant, Wells, Adams County. I'm not sure if every county down to the south had a warning at some point, but a large majority of the area was under a severe thunderstorm warning at one point or another on Wednesday, yet we still get the calls and the and the messages in from people. Why are you cutting in? There's nothing happening outside my house. Well, A, the world is not all about you living in Southern Allen County where nothing's happening. B, this was a, a upgrade to your traditional severe weather event. And it was advertised ahead of time. Extremely well advertised, I thought. Not yeah. only by, I mean, obviously I'm biased to our coverage, but if you're watching national news Wednesday morning, they were highlighting Northeast Indiana, Northwest Ohio, Central, Eastern Michigan across the board. So it was not, this was a Wayne thing. This came out of the Storm Prediction Center. The National Weather Service had stuff everywhere, national TV networks, all of us locally, combined effort. And we did our best to limit how long we were on the TV and directing you over to Wayne.com, but there's points where we got to stay on the air, especially with that kind of line of storms coming through. So we were doing dual duty, I guess, and also you were killing it on social media. So we had it covered on all fronts, on air, online, and social media. So I think we did a pretty good job with that event. Just trying to get the word out. So, you know, I think that's... uh that's one of the most significant severe weather events we've had here. Certainly the most significant one since we talked about many times the tornado outbreak of Memorial Day last year. We haven't had – you had a few days last year on some of your afternoon weekend shifts where you might have had some warnings you were tracking through the area. but it was one or two storms. While it was busy at times, it was never this much of a widespread, serious wind event. I mean, 
it it was a lot of work to try to make sure we were getting all the reports and all the photos and these were some strong storms so very very glad to hear that uh you know there was no injuries or anything like that um everybody's power is now restored right obviously there's some material things that had to get fixed in some areas but those can be replaced by most accounts many people you know be all right so just uh one of those things kind of a reminder that this is severe weather season and it just takes a little bit of those ingredients to come together and we could see events like that an event like that possible a lot of the time here yeah we we are keeping our guard up now because we are in june this will continue in july august until probably the end of september we can still see stuff even later, even into October. You can even get into November. Yeah, it's happened. It has happened, but these are the these are the core months where we see the potential, especially for widespread events, to work their way through. Now, also, as we go through last Wednesday, now let's move into the weekend. The return of live sports made its way to our airwaves here at Wayne Fifteen on CBS. PGA Tour golf was back. Yeah, pretty cool to see. I have to admit, I watched very, very little of it. Kind of kept track of it on my phone. I think one of the weirdest things to see was guys would make a putt, and there was one video of, I forget who it was, making a really long putt, and it just went in. There was no sound. It's like you and I out there making a long putt. Okay. Yeah, man. Woo! But there was no... No crowd or anybody to cheer. It was kind of a different atmosphere. But. I think it was Justin Thomas who did it. He hit a shot or a putt. He might have even just been walking up to 18 green, which Could traditionally be. you cheer right. when somebody's walking up 18 green. And I remember seeing a video of him like taking off his hat and and waving to the crowd that was not there, just kind of having fun with the, the scenario that everybody is in. And this is going to be the scenario we're in for a little bit longer uh, but at least we've gotten back to having live sports. Xander Shoffley uh, missed a big putt on 17. Went to a playoff, the first live event uh, in terms of, I know NASCAR has been back uh, for a little bit, but for golf to be back, the first event, they had a playoff. I think that was exciting. Uh, we're going to be getting close to here in the next month or so, training camps for the NHL starting up in middle of July. NBA is starting to get their plans, so we're starting to get some momentum in terms of live sports. Hopefully, we can stay on that path and get some more uh, entertainment for the weekends instead of watching reruns of old events and things like that. Yeah, that's kind of been the trend for the past couple months, right? I think I think it's interesting. I know some sports have tried to make somewhat of a return, and you've seen a few situations now where teams have been practicing together but separate but still have kind of experienced some minor outbreaks within their facilities uh, for a few teams across the major sports. So seeing that kind of makes me a little pessimistic towards the idea of all this coming back as soon as we're hoping. Golf, to me, seems like the most obvious, followed by NASCAR, because you're, number one, open air, just you and your caddy. You could test the golfers. NASCAR, you're in a car. So, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Test But... Other than that, I think the contact sports, I I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like July, August, that might still be kind of, uh, that might still be a bit 
optimistic, but I don't know. I obviously I want to see it. I mean, let's be honest, you know. But at the same time, it's it's kind of tough, you know. You, you think it's looking good, and then you see a report that whatever football team was it the Cowboys had a little bit of a yeah, a little bit of a little bit there. of an outbreak within their team, and you're going, man, if that were to happen to three teams, all of a sudden you're back at square one. So I don't know. Well, one thing that you can do that is a competitive sport, you didn't take part in this week, but you did get on a boat. Oh, yeah, this? Boating can be competitive. You can go kayaking, competitive kayaking, and those are socially distant activities. But you went boating for what I understand to be your first time ever. Well, with an asterisk. So I had been like Disney World on like a river boat there with okay, people I'm not that. there. I had been on like a nicer boat in downtown Chicago with my family. You kind of, and New York City, same kind of thing where you can kind of go out and see some sights. New York City, I got on a, I guess you would call it a yacht type boat, you know, like a nicer, larger boat where we went out and you paid whatever dollars and you got to go right up to the Statue of Liberty and see it. Brief little hour long tour. That that had been my experience on a vessel prior. But those are operated by professionals. Right. I had never been on speedboat, sailboat, pontoon. That type. are operated by friends or family. Exactly. Until Monday. So down in uh, the Morse Reservoir area, down around Indianapolis, I got the opportunity to, to go on a boat. Obviously, the weather is beautiful. Uh, what are you supposed to do? I mean, obviously, we're telling some different stories today because the weather is superb. And I have to say, I was a little nervous just because of sometimes when I ride in a car with people, I get a little motion sick if I'm not driving. So I was going, man, now you add in that element of moving, but also the swaying back and forth. I was a little concerned that I'd feel a little seasick. And, and what kind of boat were you going on? It was pontoon. So those are a little bit more stable. Right. That's than what the I other ones. That's what I gathered right away. Actually standing on the dock in the list little marina was a lot more kinda dizzying till we actually got on the boat. Um, once we got out to the water it was fine. And uh we were holding a constant speed for a bit. That felt good. That felt good. And uh, the sun kinda got to me a little bit out there, but drink a little bit of water, feel better. So after about a half hour of feeling a little twisted in the stomach i actually was comfortable enough to start walking around a little bit i mean there's not a ton of room on a pontoon but you know you could kind of stand up and check out the sides and stuff and see what's what's going on it was it was cool so you were locked down on that pontoon for half an hour not moving i by choice took the seat so the way this one was set up which i'm sure many of them are three quarters of the way back on the right was the was the steering wheel yep. where the person operating the boat sits. We were he's facing straight, so that would be the front of the boat. I chose a seat back behind him and to the left with the idea of I am going to be facing forward. So if he's going forward, I'm facing that direction. Some other people sat backwards or on the sides. I didn't want to do that because I thought that would kind of Mess enhance, your motion enhance the motion sickness, right? So I tried that, just put my, my hands up, you know, with a little cushion there, had, had the feet just kind of stabilize myself. And it took a little while because you would go, as you know, slow speed, and then maybe a speedboat comes by, gives you some waves, and you're rocking a little bit. It took a little while, but we were out there for three hours, and the last two hours especially were fine. So just kind of an adjustment. 
maybe a little bit of nerves at the beginning that I was going to get sick. All in all, an experience I would probably try again. Um, Probably. Yeah, I mean, I would, if someone said, let's go out, you know, I would do it. I've never been, like, I don't fish. Never, never have attempted in my life. I think it's something where you got to have patience for that. And I'm someone who would say, well, let's just run around and play soccer instead or something like that. Not soccer. I never played soccer. I don't know. A little baseball or something. But I think if I did it again, it would be kind of fun. Um, the one thing was, and I don't know if, if you felt this when you if, if you ever go out, but after three hours, it's kind of like, all right, what now? I mean, you're relaxing and it's kind of like, is there anything else here? You know? Oh, see, to me, there's nothing better than a beautiful sunny day temperatures probably 70s are probably a little bit too cold for me to be out on the water for that long but if it's like 80 85 near 90 you get a little bit of uh, sunscreen on to deal with all the sun but i could be out on the water for the entire day on a pontoon it just there's something about it i would then find some kind of sandbar put down the anchor hang out there have a good time play some music take a little snooze on the pontoon I just, I like the water. The water has been a place for me that I've always enjoyed being around and cooling off, relaxing, distancing myself from the chaos of the world, no matter what's going on. And that is something that I thoroughly enjoy and I look forward to every time I get the opportunity to just, even if it's just sitting in a floaty on the water, that's all I, that's all I need. I don't need a boat. I just enjoy the water. I could sit out on the dock. That's 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 a safe, happy place for me. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of got bored. It was fun. I can see how cool. people get bored, but it to me, cool. I, I don't. I don't run into that problem. I enjoyed it. I mean, you see some of the homes around this Morse Reservoir. It's like, Phew. wow. Yeah, you can get to the big homes. I got on some, lake. I got some work to do. Right, yeah. make some money, but. Uh, <laughs> It was cool. It was cool. I, I mean, like I said, once I realized I was comfortable standing up and walking around a little bit and, you know, going to grab some pretzels or something like that, I felt I felt a little more I felt a little more comfortable, but it definitely took a little bit of time. But then we got off the boat and got back on the dock and once again I was like, Man, put me back on the boat. <laughs> yeah, so the dock is bad. Boat is good. Yeah, that's my experience. The dock had actually made me feel a little bit more woozy. Because, I mean, it's just floating, you know, as the boat is, but the boat has the stabilizers on the bottom. So, I don't know. I get it. That makes sense. But it was a beautiful weekend. It's still been a beautiful week. We've talked about it. And that allowed us to uh, sneak out yesterday right after work uh, for me and hit up the golf course. And we'll uh, touch on that in What the Hail. What the Hail? The time was about, uh, what'd you say, 4 o'clock Four o'clock ish, roughly. Yeah, Joe's driving back into town from his little soiree uh, down towards Indianapolis, and he uh, shoots me a text going, "Hey, you want to sneak out for nine after work?" I said, "Now you're tempting me. Let's do it. Of course, I'm in because, as we've talked about, golf is a big passion of both of ours that we enjoy. It's a big hobby, and." Anytime we get the chance to in nice weather, we like to take advantage of it. So we go out uh, to uh, Brookwood Golf Course, which is down by the airport, also near the site of the National Guard training facility. 
And very important. Yes. Keep, keep that detail in mind. This was the we've played Brookwood many times. And this was the first time that we are on hole two, which is one of the closer holes that is uh, near the airport and the National Guard base. And we start hearing gunfire. And it was not just like a couple pops. It was the automatic uh, range practice, I would have to assume. Military grade automatic. And and there is a... I don't know anything about guns, but... Yeah, I I don't know that much either. Uh, But we we could tell that it was an automatic weapon of some kind. And there is another facility that's right next to that that manufactures paintball guns. Hmm. So there's a couple options of what it could have been, but... To me, it sounded like it was training at the at, at the at the National Guard base. Yeah, I mean, you watch any of these movies that may have a bit more of a war vibe to them, you know, a war subject. There's many of them out there, and you see sometimes they've got the the more rapid fire machine guns. That's what this was like. So we're I, teeing off. <laughs> I tee off on two, hit a nice four iron down the fairway, and uh, just off to the right, first cut, and. Uh, all of a sudden, it's just I can't make the sound with my with my. Some people can make like the, I can't either. It was just, it was constant. Just imagine a rapid fire gun just going, and then all of a sudden, you know, it would stop, and then we'd hit a putt, and there it is again. I mean, just I think they were very courteous to our uh, to our swings, though. It was either they were constantly through our swings, so it didn't impact us, or it was right after our swing. It's like they knew that we were getting ready to hit. Maybe they were watching us. I don't know. Maybe. I doubt Maybe it. they were. I doubt it. But that that definitely added a different element to the golf yesterday for a couple holes. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Brookwood's interesting because it's right next to Fort Wayne International. So it's not out of the question that in a normal setting, you would have planes. At least every time. Before COVID-19, regularly we would have probably two or three planes during a round coming right over top of us. Yeah, right over right over that area, low flying planes right over you. That was common. I think there's train tracks right around there yep, too. Yep, there's train tracks that run right next so to each other. So you get the train once in a while, and then you've got cars. I think Dirk calls it planes, trains, and automobiles, Dirk Rowley. Yeah. That, that was my first thing. I said, hey, Dirk, you ever play Brookwood when I moved here? And he goes, plane, trains, and automobiles. And I'm like, what? But, uh, yeah, that's that's what it really is. And now apparently gunfire. Yeah, we've added that to the mix. So that was just something interesting that we were just sitting there. We're like, what is happening? And then we put it together. That Well, later. at first I thought maybe there's a carpenter. And they had some sort yeah. of – they were knocking on something or – They had a, a nail gun Nail or gun maybe. But that was so far away to that point still. I mean, that was at least, you know, 500 yards mm-hmm. that way. To where I don't think you would hear a nail gun at that. It was a very dry and clear day, though. So I guess you could hear a nail gun, but it was not a nail gun because it was so consistent this was loud. and rapid. This was loud, loud pops. I don't know, something different to contend with on the golf course. Yes, it was. And you've started to gather another hobby. This one's interesting. So you mentioned live sports. Yes. So uh, you also, so you golf, you picked up bowling. Is this going to be your next thing? This has always been something since okay. I was a kid. I've always loved uh, billiards, eight ball, nine ball, whatever. My grandpa had a pool table in this basement. He taught me at a young age kind of how to hold the cue and uh, try to, you know, try to hit decent shots around a pool table. Um, so in college, 
in my dorm, I lived on the second floor. The first floor, we had three pool tables. So we would go down there my freshman year all day after classes and stuff. A group of like five or six of us would just play, play, play. I mean, it was awesome. And I got okay. I mean, not great, but enough to where we could go to a bar and I could hold my own for sure. But then once I got to my sophomore year, we had a similar trend. But then once I moved out of the dorms, we didn't have that. And yes, we could go to some of the bars and play once in a while, but without it being necessarily free and with not always going out every single night, that that constant hobby was kind of it kind of moved away. So throughout COVID and and picking up some different things like we've talked about, bowling kind of became a big interest of mine. For some reason, I have no idea why, but Saturday night when I was trying to fall asleep, I decided to go to YouTube and type in professional billiards. So it wasn't like you even fell down a YouTube hole and found billiards. No. You searched, you willingly sought it out. A couple weeks ago, uh, Shane, one of our directors here, close friend, was showing me this one video of a bowling trick shot where a guy lofted a bowling ball halfway down the lane over a chair. It came down and it still struck. And I think that's what set it off in my head slowly that I used to watch billiards, pool, trick shots. Yeah. And there's, I mean, fantastic shots out there. There's some of the craziest things you can see. Exactly. So I think maybe that was kind of what got the little bit going in my mind. Like, hey, I I always liked pool. Um, But then, yeah, Saturday night, I just, I don't know. I don't know where it came from, but I just said professional billiards. The 2016 U.S. Open of eight ball popped up. (laughs) Two hour long video. Did not finish it that night. But wow. And then uh, where I was at in Indy, staying with the people there, have a pool table in their basement. So I was like, what perfect time, you know? Had some fun. Uh, have you picked up the skill again? Like, is it, do you still got it? I got a little bit. It's, it's hard to – the shots I should make, I was making. But the shots that require a little bit more of a repetition to, to, to get that perfect cut shot down and – you know, I play a uh, app. It's eight ball pool on an app. I love it. I could play it all day. That kind of gives you an idea how you're supposed to cut it, but it's a lot easier on an iPad because it gives you the line. <laughs> it gives you the line. So in that way, it does help. And there's a you could put spin on the ball on the app mm-hmm. and kind of see how the ball will spin back. Trying that came back to me on a pool table. Um, I got a long way to go. Obviously, I wish I could play it every day. I think really, you talk about going and getting lost in a sport. Billiards is one that I can go kill four hours and, and not even realize it. Fascinating. Yeah. See, I have a billiard story in terms of what not to do whenever you're a three-year-old or when you have a three-year-old around. My grandfather had a, uh, a pool table, and I remember this faintly. My parents tell me about it. My grandfather put me up on the pool table. And they had this light right above the pool table, just like any other bar or, or place you would go has it. Yeah, we had the same setup like that. It kind of hangs a little bit low yeah. over top of it. So if you lifted up the stick, you, yeah. you could potentially hit the light. That's yeah, how our, close our, it was. My grandpa had the same thing. It said Brunswick. Yeah, I don't know what this said on it because, like I said, yeah. I was like two or three years old. He put me up there. I'm sitting on the table playing with the billiards balls. And apparently I take one of the balls and I hit the light. Glass shatters oh, no. everywhere. On the table. So are you not much of a, a billiards player? I, I, I will play. Um, I, I think in terms of those games that you played during college, right. I think ping pong was more of the game that I played. Mm. I played tennis, so it kind of came Ping pong for me has naturally. always been a challenge. I, 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 I can play pool, but it's strictly play. I, I, 
right. I'll hit a good shot occasionally. I'm not any way a pool shark. I'd love to go play, just because I'm not great or anything. I mean, I think is this another competition that we're going to start having? It could be fun. I think. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think my golf game, as below average as it is, as bad as it is, it is better than my pool game. Maybe I don't know. I'd like to see. I'd like to see how we would match up and. and or maybe it's a thing where we team up together. Team up. Try to take down some of the locals. The two Wayne 15 meteorologists. Look out. Eight ball. Here we go. I'll do it. We'll call it 15 ball. 15 finds <laughs> the pocket. Maybe. No, 15, I don't think that'll fif- work. I don't even know any pool terms. That's how That's how little I know. But it was very <laughs> It was very interesting to watch the video and actually be fascinated about how the guys, you know, they don't, these two guys that were playing in the, it was like the final of the U.S. Open, they they don't just look for the easy shot. Like they might save the easy shot till the end, try to make a harder shot to set themselves up. And it's like the minute they look at the table, they're looking at, okay, I'm going there, then I'm going there. I'm going to bring the cue ball back there, 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 there. Like they're planning everything out. It's so strategical. It's like a puzzle. That really stuck with me. And maybe because I'm older now looking back. You can see the strategy. I can see the strategy more than I could even five years ago playing freshman year in college. It's amazing how that happens. Anytime you look back at something that you used to be a fan of and you're like, Oh, I see it with golf all the time. Yeah, I do too. I mean, just even playing last night, some things I was doing or at least attempting to do, it's like I, I never would even have thought of that five years ago. I see, like what we did last night, I see whenever we do that after work, I see that more as a practice round for some reason. A little experimental? It feels more laid back than what we, even though we don't say we're competing, we are always competing. We're always competing. Um. That's but, why I have to end up buying you some drinks at the concession stand all the time because uh, I always lose. Nah, not always. Probably about 80% of the time you lose. I have lost quite a bit, but I don't care. I mean, I'm learning. I've learned a lot about the game from you, and that's been helpful. I, I had some tips for you yesterday. I don't know what I was doing. Eh, I wasn't. I got a nine on the first hole. Yeah, it happens. It I happens. four putted the first green. It was rough. I mean, we're talking about a couple of weeks ago, I'm over here almost breaking my all-time record, breaking 90 for the first time in my life, and now here I am, two weeks later, I can't figure out what I am doing. Yet, yesterday we play a long par five, and I put it all together with five... Decent shots. Fine shots. I mean, the the second shot turned out beautiful, better than I thought, and the chip was like, this guy has no short game at all, yet I left it... Right next to the cup. I mean, it was it was like I it was like I was Phil Mickelson. I, on that same hole, I had a what, probably a forty footer. Yeah. For birdie. Yep. And it hit a rock about. Oh yeah, I was five feet the from rock. the hole, or something like that, and it just stopped. It was right on line. It was probably the most pure putt I hit all day. And I, I keep saying I don't think it was going in. There was a, it had a shot to go in. I saw it curving back, and then it just hit the rock and went boop. And I just wanted an extra three feet of roll to help me get closer for uh, to finish that up. But it is what it is. You have some hits, and you have some misses on the golf course. Oh, look, a segue. Hits and misses. I'm going to refrain from comment. You had a massive eye roll. It's okay. In this hits and misses segment, in that segue, um, that was... <laughs> That was great. I'm also going to refrain from comment on the miss. It's probably the only miss that we had, though. 
It was. It because was extremely frustrating, Adam. It was extremely frustrating. Let's just let's just hit on this. Let's do the hit first. All right. All right. The forecast from last Wednesday through today has pretty much been money. Yeah, very dry. It's, it's a very easy pattern. Right. But we've been on in terms of our temperatures, and it's been dry. So there's really been no challenges, as you probably guessed by the content in this podcast, that there's really not much going on in weather. There's a low-pressure system over the southeastern U.S. that is dropping a lot of rain, but it's just it's rain, and it's going to lead to some localized flooding down there from last I saw. So that's why we've been sitting here having discussions about pool, live sports, boating, but it's been really nice, and it's going to continue to be nice until about Father's Day where we have a, a break in our pattern. That's right. So back to this past weekend, our miss. Like I said, extremely frustrating forecast. That was a frustrating forecast. That was not an easy forecast back for door, that day. Backdoor cold front came through late Friday night. If you know anything about backdoor cold fronts, typically they're pretty dry. Typically they're pretty dry. So... Adam and I and the other meteorologists here saw that there was a chance for some rain Friday night into Saturday. But what was so frustrating about it is any of our computer model guidance, any of our raw data we were looking at, didn't have any sort of hint at what actually happened. There was no precipitation hinted at until probably, I would say, maybe even Friday morning. At least enough to really feel confident that there was going to be something going we had, on. We saw it Thursday night for sure. You'll get with but these. Here's the thing if the map is spitting out rain, but you know it's a backdoor cold yeah, exactly, front with very dry air moving into an area of very dry air at that point, you're not convinced you're going to have precipitation. Yeah. That was the challenge. We got a lot of rain Saturday morning. We had right around a quarter inch across the area, which is way more than anything that was anticipated. Exactly. I even did the forecast Friday night, and I was like, an isolated spotty shower here, anything that falls looks to be fairly light, and not everybody's going to see rain. Most of us saw some kind of rain. Moderate to heavy at times. And it was heavy at times. So there was our miss. It was The good news is it was the timing of it that I gave on Friday night, and I think that you gave at noon, was that if there was anything... It would be out of here by mid-morning. Yeah, and Saturday turned up to be beautiful. It was, yeah, we had that rain in the morning, which we needed. We're below average on the month for rain, so it's nice to get a little splash and dash rain chance that gets out of here so you can enjoy the rest of the day, especially when it was as nice as it was on Saturday. Temperatures struggled to get into the low 70s, though, that day. They did. I think, like I said, I I wasn't frustrated that we, we had the rain chances in there, but when I came in Saturday morning looking at radar at 4 or 5 a.m., I was just flabbergasted at how complicated the radar imagery was. I mean, it wasn't just a few spotty showers like I had been saying and you had felt. It was widespread rain, and that was that was tough to take. On the flip side, the rest of the weekend forecast turned out awesome. So that's where I was kind of like, hey, I don't want to talk about this. Yeah, let's focus on the positives of nailing the that's forecast right. for the last several days. That's right. Let's check the inbox. It's the past the forecast inbox. Today's question comes from Sydney. She wants to know what is a microburst? Very timely question, 
as I believe we had a few instances of some microburst activity with our severe weather last Wednesday. Okay, so a microburst, a rapid downward rush of air that results in extremely gusty winds at the surface from a rapid sinking of air in a thunderstorm. Pretty good? Yeah, pretty good. So uh, let's help visualize this a little bit. So if you were to take a bottle of water and have a flat surface, that bottle of water can be your rain cloud. Water is obviously the rain. Your surface is the surface of the earth. You take that water and you pour it straight down. You don't tilt it so it slowly pours. You pour it straight down and crunch the bottle. All the water is going to rush out. When it hits the ground, what does it do? It shoots straight out. Great way to put it. And that is exactly what happens with those winds. And sometimes rain also gets flushed out of the cloud, essentially. And that causes those straight line winds, which, like you said, in some cases, uh, was definitely a potential for the damage that we saw uh, with our severe weather event last Wednesday. And it can get winds as high as 100 miles per hour, depending on how strong the, the microburst is that moves through a certain area. So it, it can be very comparable to tornado damage. Uh, that's why whenever we have trees down like we did, the National Weather Service crew still will go out and analyze. But the key there is that there's no rotation necessarily. Right. And that's on a more technical level. If you're familiar with any sort of radar imagery, when we pull up our velocity radar, we're looking to see which way the winds in a storm are moving. In many instances where we have a tornado warning, we'll see the green area going towards the radar, the red moving away. And when you go to circle that, you see a counterclockwise or cyclonic rotation indicating you could have a tornado. And a microburst, it's reversed. So the reds and greens are still going away. But when you try to circle them, it doesn't quite work out. Because of your proximity to the radar, the winds are actually going out from each other. So they're not rotating inward, but in that little defined area, they're bursting out from each other. That's what we had in terms of a microburst. Looking at the radar data in between when I could, because obviously we're producing severe weather coverage, but I'm also a meteorology nerd. So I wanted to see what was really going on. There was clear evidence at times that we had some microburst activity going on in there. And like I said, they're just as dangerous as tornadoes, and they are uh, very quick to happen. They're in and out, but they can cause a lot of damage very quickly. So that is a great question from Sydney. Thank you for sending that in. You can send those in to forecast at wayne.com. Also can hit us up on our social media platforms as well. Not too bad of a show today for not much weather going on. Yeah, talking about a lot of uh, oddities, if you will. We were able to get out and enjoy the weather. And that's what past the forecast is all about, is there's not much to talk about in terms of the forecast, so we're going past it. We're going right into how we enjoy the weather and hopefully how you have enjoyed this weather the last several days. Absolutely. Be sure to send in your questions to past the forecast, P-A-S-T-T-H-E-F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T at Wayne, W-A-N-E dot com. Leave us a review and rating on your favorite podcast service. We love the past the forecast inbox. Keep the questions coming. And we will see you next time as we try and be 53%.
53%. My score last night. Oh, yes. Then that means mine is 48%. Right? 48? 40, no, 46. 46%. I, I didn't shoot too bad after a 9. We'll try and be 53% right about the forecast this week. This has been Past the Forecast Podcast from Wayne 15. <laughs>